Hey everybody, it is Garrett Anderson coming at you live for Tuesday, November 7th, 2017. And uh, I'm in a bit of a strange mood today because I think I'm, you know, I'm not feeling overly bubbly, but I did want to get a podcast out because, you know, that's part of the journey. It's not always rainbows and puppies, although it actually literally is a puppy in my household right now. We got this new little chihuahua guy. His name is Mick. Mickey. I like to uh, give him little nicknames based around Mick. Like uh, there was a radio station back in Baltimore called Mix 106.5. So sometimes I'll call him that. Um, I, uh, this morning I, I called him Sir Mix-a-Lot. Uh, I think that's the baby got back guy, right? Um, so yeah, it's fun. Um, he's uh, a friendly little puppy and Jack the dog is tolerating him I don't think they're really going to be buds uh, but uh, and the cat has learned that he's not a threat either the cat and uh, the chihuahua kind of chase each other around a little bit which is kind of cute I don't know if the cat is being playful or literally wants to hunt and kill this animal but uh, Mickey seems to be oblivious to it he's just sniffing around trying to find something to play with hey don't chew the carpet hey buddy don't chew the carpet Mickey Uh uh-uh so I got to redirect him because he wants to chew on everything. So I got to get him a bone. Hold on. Oh, come on, Mickey. Mickey, stop, stop, stop. Go get your bone. Hold on. I got to pause. Okay, Mick's got his bone, so he should be cool. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, we do have a puppy, an actual real puppy in my life right now, which is which is great. He does bring a smile on my face because he's so cute. He's so stinking cute. And it's fun to watch my kids play with them, and my, my wife adores them. She picks them up when she gets home from work and, you know, looking all cute in her work clothes and holding this cute puppy. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, when I when I found out that we were going to be adopting a dog, I mean, I did get to be part of the decision-making process, but what kind of husband and father would I be if I was like, no, sorry, you know, I know this puppy needs a home. And we totally could, and we've talked about getting a, a little small dog to... Uh, to round out the uh, the family here, but uh, that'd be pretty rude if I was like, no, no, we're not gonna do that. Sorry, sorry, wife, crush your dreams. Although uh, I would appreciate a little bit more structure and help from the family trying to train this dog uh, not to go pee in the house. But he's actually he's learning pretty well, and I've been I've been using little hot dog pieces, tiny, teeny little hot dog pieces to train him. He's very, very small. Uh, he's so small that yesterday when I was laying down relaxing on the couch a little bit he was able to sit in the in my shoulder nook like in between my head and my shoulder he was able to curl up and lay down right there like a like a parrot on a pirate would so uh so yeah i mean it it, it, he's he's definitely like a little joyful night hey quit quit not on the carpet hey don't chew that mickey mickey get your bone he's looking at me like what I know that's my name now. Oh, oh, please. What if he's a genius and he understands everything I'm saying? Oh, that'd be great if he went and grabbed a bone out of his little basket. Hey, buddy. 
Hey, buddy. So anyway, I'm a little cranky because uh, on the music front, um, I'll just cut right to it. I had a really, really poor turnout um, at my Listening Room Phoenix gig. And I went through all that trouble of, of hosting Stephen Nance, the piano player, songwriter, on my podcast and getting to know him and, you know, negotiating deals with the venue to do a buy one, get one half off thing and just put all this hustle in ahead of the time when, you know, I think the truth of the matter is I don't really have a market here in Phoenix of folks that are willing to come out to a show on a, on a Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, I just got, I was a little embarrassed by that. Um, and you know, I, I, I even was like, I was got a, a text from my wife earlier during the day. She says, Hey, is it an all ages show? So during the, you know, during the day, the day of the show, I was texting with the venue and, and with the other performer asking if we could bring kids. And I had assumed that my wife meant that she was going to bring our daughters too. And I was like, you know what? That makes me feel so great. This was in my head before, you know, leading up to the show. I was like, oh my gosh, my kids and my wife are going to be there. So whatever else happens is, is cool. And and I did know that uh, a buddy of mine out here and uh, and a, a couple co-worker friends uh, were going to come out. And, and they did come out. Um, and then uh, the only other person that came out was uh, my buddy Andrew, who's, who's going to help me out doing some marketing and stuff. So... Um, he, he sees that he's got a blank slate to work with and nowhere to go, but up. So Andrew, if you hear this, let's, uh, let's get to work, man. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm humbly asking for some help, uh, because, you know, I know that there's music lovers out there and I know that there's a music audience out there for what I do. It's just discouraging not to be able to effortlessly tap into it. Um, or not even effortlessly, but like with some effort, still not be able to capitalize on a night like that. And the venue had no walk-up crowd, which is kind of, uh, you know, uh, set up for disaster when you're a venue. If you don't have any walk-up business and you're entirely reliant on ticket sales from the artists to drive your business, that's, that's going to be a tough time because then also, you know, the, what the incentive for me is, you know, I, I don't want to charge my friends and family to come out and, and, and see me play, um, when I'm not going to be making any new audience out there, you know, people that just know the, the venue and, and go to it to see some live music. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, it's like, well, we've got an opportunity to kind of create that, that scene and that culture here in Phoenix, or, or I can tap into the, you know, into the folks that are already doing that. Um, on the other hand, maybe this just isn't the right town for it. You know, that's maybe more of a Austin, Nashville, New York kind of thing where LA kind of thing where, you know, people are looking to have something to do every night of the week. And if you can be their musical act for the night, then, then great. So that wasn't the case. We played for seven people. Um, and it it was embarrassing. It's never a good night when you're apologizing to the venue owner, uh, before your show. And I told him, I was like, Hey, I'm going to just try to like self lobotomy the part of my brain that is worried about the business outcome of tonight and just try to put on the best show I can. And that was a challenge and it was exhausting and, and I was very sweaty and nervous. And I, you know, I, I think I, I played well, uh, I didn't play as well as I would have liked. Um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with how the video and audio turned out. 
Um, and I encourage you to check that out if you're interested. You know, I, I'm, I'm in a, I'm kind of in a bummer mood about the overall experience. Um, well, well, no, no, no. I'm in a good mood about the overall experience and, and just bummed out about the business side of the experience. So that left a lot to be desired. Uh, the venue, you know, they just had to eat their loss on the night. And we got paid anyway because the, the guy is a stand-up guy and said that we had some guarantees. And it's kind of funny. At the end of the night, he, he was he was proud that he had gotten our show advertised in one of the local papers. And um, at that point, you know, the show was over. I, I was heartfelt thanks to the folks that came out and got to say a quick hello with them. And, and then they were on their way. So it was just me, the other artist, and the and the owner. And he was like, hey, guys, did you see you're in the paper? Would you like this? And uh, and I just kind of let the other guy take it because I was like, well, you know, hell of a lot of good that did. So I don't know. This is just kind of the ebbs and flows and the roller coaster ride of, of pursuing something in a creative way. Um, you know, it can be a little lonely. Uh, in the wake of this, I'm kind of like, man, I wish I had a band. You know, because then you're you're doing it with other people, and you know, I, 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 I didn't have any, you know, or I didn't have many ticket sales, and that's that's on me. But if you've got a couple bandmates, you know, if, if the the wives and girlfriends, and you know, maybe if uh, if some parents are local, and and then some neighbors and friends come out, all of a sudden you've got twenty twenty five people you're playing for, and it's a it's a worthwhile kind of night. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I miss playing in a band. I miss just getting to play some lead guitar. Um, I miss my f- my friends, my hometown friends. Although, you know, it, it, it's also just a function of where I'm at in my life. As, as most of my friends are married with kids, married with children. Love and marriage, love and marriage goes together like a horse and carriage. This. I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. I should uh, stick my hand down my pants like Al Bundy right now. It was kind of a cute romantic thing that that just made me think of is that uh, when I was a kid uh, that my dad, you know, he would chuckle at that show. And, And, you know, as a young boy, I would just often have my hand down my pants. And my, my mom and dad were like, hey, look at you, Al Bundy. Because I guess uh, Ed O'Neill, the guy that played Al Bundy, you know, was always sitting on the couch with his beer and a hand down his pants. And my in-laws told me that when my when my wife was young, she would dress in like leopard print matched with, I don't know, stripes matched with polka dots. And, and they, you know, with high heels on and like a little pretend purse. And they would jokingly call her Peg Bundy. So when we were kids, our parents joked that I was Al Bundy and she was Peg Bundy. And then lo and behold, we ended up getting married and having kids together. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's just kind of that, that phase of life where it's hard to get people to come out on a Thursday night and... and and pay money to go see, you know, your, your side passion project thing. And I'm not going to beat myself up too much about it. I'm going to shift my focus and, uh, just kind of, you know, this is, this is the grind. I'm going to embrace the grind of it all. And, uh, it's kind of nice too. I've got some other things going on. We, we have a new niece 
and I'm really excited about that. We get to go meet her over the uh, Christmas holiday, so uh, that'll be cool. And I've got a PTO meeting to go to in about 15 minutes. I need to go do that. So, or I get to go do that. Um, so it's cool. I think my whole approach to my music passion has always been and will will continue to be sort of a have my cake and eat it too mentality. Like I want to have a regular life. I don't necessarily want to have to go on tour while my kids are young. You know, maybe that's something I'd be interested in doing when I'm older. Maybe me and the wife can uh, rent a a little pole behind trailer and, and go city to city and explore the country and I'll, I'll play some music along the way. That'd be pretty cool. But, you know, just as a young man, there, there's just, I, I never quite felt the pull to completely throw myself in to the deep end of pursuing growing a fan base. And without a big fan base, there's really not too much you can do. So I think my focus is, is somewhat shifting towards this digital expression which I think is still really fun and and interesting and you know this is one of those ones that's a little embarrassing to record but it's in the entirety of all these podcasts if anybody is uh is keeping all you know keeping tabs and and uh tracking along with me you know uh, you'll, you'll hear me sometimes I'm really excited and you know have a really good gig or you know wrap up a, a cool studio recording and riding high and then other times you, you get humbled and you, you go back to the drawing board and you decide if you want to keep going at it. Um, I was even, I was tinkering with the idea of, of maybe I want to rebrand and kind of form a little band name for myself or, or something, you know, just something to kind of put up a little more firewall between my personal life and, and uh, my musical aspirations. Um, but I don't know. I'm going to sit with that. I'm not going to do anything too rash. Um, but yeah, so it it reminds me of something that me and my mom were talking about recently, which, uh, she picked up this, um, this concept from a book she was reading and it's the word calm and each letter stands for something. Uh, the C stands for celebrate the A stands for ask, the L stands for leave, and the M stands for meditate. And the idea is for anxious people, uh, of whom I would include myself in their ranks, we can remind ourselves of calm, celebrate, ask, leave, and meditate, and 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 try to just kind of slow down our internal anxieties. And so the celebrate is, you know, be grateful for the gifts that we do have. Celebrate life, celebrate the moment. If it's a challenge or a struggle, celebrate the moment. You know, for me, for this for this uh, show that was um, sparsely attended, I, I still get to celebrate the folks that did come and, and lend uh, and lent their support and enjoyed a night of music. And I, I get to be celebrating that I didn't have a sore throat like I did last time I played there and celebrating that I had a place to safely express my art and try to do something positive. Um, so there's, there's always something to celebrate if you can kind of get your lens, uh, you know, kind of look through the right lens. Um, and then ask is ask for help. 
you know, if you're anxious, you might be a little bit of a control freak or, or a fearful of, of something going wrong. And to just remind yourself that you are entitled to ask for help and reach out and embrace the team and embrace the village. So celebrate and ask. And the ask one is something that I, that I struggle with. Uh, I think I've described myself on this podcast as a recovering do-it-yourselfer. And I think I need to mature out of that. So that ask one for me is actually pretty, pretty important. It takes a little bit of uh, effort for me to trust that other people are going to deliver on something. But even if someone doesn't do something the way that I would want them to, usually it all ends up fine. Um, and if it doesn't, that's, that's okay too. So, um, there's a lot to celebrate and, you know, usually there's always a way to ask for some help. And then even if there's not a person to ask for help, I think there's a a bit of a religious slant to this. It's kind of like ask the universe or ask, ask God, um, which is where the L comes in into place too, is, is leave as in like, leave it up to God or leave it up to the universe there's certain things that are out of our control. Last time I was talking about the serenity prayer. And yeah, I mean, there's there's just, it's a healthy thing, I think, to have a portion of your mentality that, hey, part of this is out of my hands. It's up to me to try to influence the world and and, and the future in a productive, healthy kind of way forward. But also there's a lot that's out of my hands. And if if you try to live with everything in your head all at once, it gets to be very overwhelming. I, I kind of address that in my song Day to Day, where I say, couldn't fit the whole world in my head. There's not enough cause for all the consequences of all the could that could come to pass, just one will. So while our mind is pretty good at entertaining all the different possible outcomes, when the rubber meets the road and at the end of the day, Really, just if something's going to unfold the way it will. And frankly, a lot of the way that it's going to unfold is out of your control. So control what you can and leave the rest up to fate. You know, call it fate, call it God, call it faith, call it the universe. I sometimes call it the algorithm because I'm nerdy like that. Um, so yeah, that's the L is, is leave it. And then the M is meditate, and uh, I don't do that terribly often, but every once in a while I'll go through a little spell where I'll remind myself to catch my breath and pay attention to my immediate surroundings and, and listen to my senses and just try to focus my attention to my breath and, and not let it wander too much. Or if it does wander, I'll catch myself with my mind wandering and, and think like, oh, that's interesting that I was thinking about that, but I'm going to give it a little hug and set it aside and, and return to my breath and, and see if I can pay attention to my breath for five breaths in a row or 10 breaths in a row. And, you know, it's probably a really healthy thing to do. Um, and, and then the better at it you get, the easier it is to do. And, and maybe the more readily accessible it is to calm yourself down um, in, in a stressful situation or in an anxious situation. And as I hoped it would, just talking through this C-A-L-M has kind of rewired my mental framework and I feel myself feeling better. Um, whereas I, I started this podcast off a little, a little overwhelmed and a little, little down, a little down on things. So, uh, so yeah, I appreciated that my mom, my mom and I had that conversation 
And uh, I had to ask her what the L stood for. And she reminded me. And uh, I was like, hey, that'll be a good a good little nugget to share on the podcast. So at the risk of being preachy, uh, that's what I'll, I'll kind of leave you with today. Um, I do have one f- kind of funny story that I wanted to share from a few days ago. Um, oh, also one other thing that I left hanging. Uh, if you listened to several podcasts ago, I was getting the hard sell to go to a timeshare pitch and, and get my quote unquote free prize. And I, I closed out the podcast with like, and I, I swear to God, if I come back here, the proud owner of a new timeshare, I'm going to be very upset. Well, turns out there's this great little spot off uh in in lake tahoe and if we just no i'm kidding i'm kidding we we did not go we we didn't even go to the meeting i do not own a timeshare right now we did not go to the meeting and uh, the fucking crazy thing is i brought this up at a dinner party with a with a buddy of ours out here and uh, he was like you know what's funny is is like there are some companies that are that have really aggressive tactics and when when my buddy was working for the attorney general, he helped draft up, I forget what the legal term is, but it's basically a, like, it's a, it's stop, stop being shady and, and, and doing bad, bad business. Um, stop taking advantage of people or we will, you know, prosecute this further. And, uh, and I, I kind of turned to him, I go, Hey man, like, so I'm not sure if you can tell me, but if I, if I guess the agency, can you, can you let me know? He was like, yeah, I mean, we'll see. And I go, uh, so the, the phone call we got from was from an agency called diamond international. And he was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so lo and behold, I was getting these bad vibes about this hard sell. And, uh, and he was like, dude, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, he was like, I worked on when I was at the attorney general's office you know, a legal slap on the wrist for that company. It's like, oh, go figure. So little small world syndrome there. Um, it's, it's cool when, when those kind of connect the dots across space and time happen. Um, so suffice it to say, we did not go buy a timeshare. And uh, so the other funny story was, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of do this quick because I got to get ready to go to my, my PTO board meeting. Um I don't know about you guys, but if you live with anyone, a wife or a boyfriend or girlfriend, or um, I get very specific and picky about how to clean the kitchen. Uh, I like the dishes to be put away in the dishwasher a certain way, and I, I, I like to not put the pots and pans in the dishwasher and because I think they take up too much space and generally they don't get very clean in the dishwasher. And then also they trap the water. If you've got a big pan, I feel like it traps the water and, and, and the water doesn't splash around and get all the other dishes as clean as they could be. Um, you know, generally if there's a little food caked on, it's just going to get baked on in the drying process. And you have to end up taking a, a fingernail or a knife to this like little stuck on piece of noodle in a pan that if you had just rinsed it out when you were done with it and rinsed it and cleaned it right after it was being used, it would be super easy to put away. So I hate finding pots and pans in the dishwasher. I don't like it when the bowls aren't stacked up just right. Um, or, you know, 
you know, the, there's certain ways that just make sense. And, and it's funny, anytime I get to a new dishwasher, it's kind of this like game of Tetris to figure out how best to pack up the dishwasher. So that's one of the funny quirks about moving around or, or you know, go, taking a vacation or going to a beach house and, oh, okay, how's this dishwasher config? Oh, the utensils go over here. Okay. Um, I'm a utensils uh, sharp sides down, like spoons and the tines of a fork and the, the blade of a knife. I put those facing down. I don't know. That would probably drive some of you nuts if you, if, if you do it the other way, but then the water doesn't splash on the little fork and the spoon parts. I want, I, I always make sure that there's no spoons spooning each other. Um, because then how's, how's it going to get clean? Um, so yeah, I'm very specific about how I like to do the dishes. And the other day I, I come home and, you know, it had been a, maybe a day and a half worth of accumulation of dishes. And my policy is to always leave the sink clear. If you have to, if you need to rinse like a bowl that had some like sticky pasta or, you know, some sticky cheesy pasta and, and you need it to like, you know, uh, rinse for a little bit, um, you know, maybe that's okay. But try not to overload the sink. I would rather have the countertops completely overflowed with dishes rather than have them stacked up in the sink. And I've explained this to my wife several times, and uh, she she sometimes resorts to needing to clear off some space on the counter by stacking up you know, dishes in the sink. And I don't mind it, but I typically will do a little passive-aggressive thing and not tackle those dishes. Because I'm, well, fuck that. That's not the way I do it. That makes it harder. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk past it. I don't care. I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just use uh, the end. I'll wash my own, my own bowl. I'll just wash my cereal bowl and just keep using one bowl like a Buddhist. I just need one bowl, one cup, one spoon. Um, and, uh, I'll just kind of passively aggressively wait for my wife to do those dishes. Um, yeah, super healthy marital habit there. Not not. I saw the other day that Donald Trump incorrectly used the not and John Hodgman, the comedian, called him out on it. It was it was one of those pretty funny Twitter things where you got to see a comedian retweet the president of the United States correcting him on an age-old joke. Um and uh the, the gist of it was the president said something like um um uh, I don't know. Let's come up with a, with an example. Uh, um, he, he was like, uh, cutting taxes will, um, ah, oh, this is, this is rough. I wish I had the real tweet in front of me. Maybe I'll pull it up. Oh gosh. It's from like a week ago. I'm probably not gonna be able to find it. Uh, but basically, you know, that you say not when you're, when you say the opposite thing. So for, from a Republican perspective, He'd be like, uh, the way it would work is you, is you say, yeah, cutting taxes is, is going to, um, is going to hurt, hurt businesses and, and, uh, stymie. That's not a word that the president would use. Um, I'm going to look it up. Where is it? Hodgman. H O D G John Hodgman. There he is. Okay, I'm going to have to scroll through a bunch of these. Where are the John Hodgman's tweets? Okay, let's see here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, geez, he's got a lot of activity on here. This is going to take me a while. 
Oh boy. Where's the knot? Come on, come on. I hope I don't scroll past it. Mm, I hope it was John Hodgman. It would be a bummer if I was just scrolling through this and it was not him. Sorry, I know this is riveting podcasting. Oh, Jesus. This is, uh... This wasn't even the story. Ah, God. So the story is, my wife put these uh, things in the dishes, uh, all these dishes in the sink. And I'm already not a great storyteller, and I'm trying to tell a story while scrolling through Twitter. This is a bad idea. Way too many... Way too many, uh, come on, come on. There's probably a faster way to search for this. Come on. This is not going well. I should edit this out. I should prepare for my podcasts or not get sidetracked by my strange brain. Come on, John Hodgman. Okay, Twitter. Yeah, this is, this could have been two weeks ago and I've been scrolling for this long and I'm only five days back. Twitter is like a time expander in that way. It's like, it's taken me a day to scroll through a day's worth of his, his tweets um, and retweets and all that stuff. Maybe I'm using Twitter wrong because I tweet like once every couple weeks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh boy. Now it had to reload. I got to the bottom. They're like, are you sure you're still going back in time? Americans don't have any memory anymore. You don't need to worry about the history of things. Just look toward tomorrow. It was pretty good. Am I going to find it? Oh, God damn, this is taking forever. Oh, I suck. So much for calm. Hold on, celebrate. Celebrate that I might find it eventually. Uh, Ask for help. Uh, I can't. Maybe I should ask. Ah, darn it. I found one where he retweeted the president, but it was about something else. Ah, maybe I need to ask. Is it the A? Maybe I need to ask Google. I'm going to, I'm going to get Hodgman. Hodgman. Can I search within his tweets? That would be helpful. Is that a possibility? Mm, Hodgman. Not. Oh, that's... I didn't spell Hodgman. I spelled Hidgeman. Let's see if this works. I'm going to put Hedgeman, not Trump. And I have too many typos, so it returns zero results. Well, the ask is not really working. Leave it. I should probably leave it, right? That's that's. I should do the L. Because there's really not that much to celebrate about this right now. And it's not coming up. When I ask, oh, come on, no, Hodgman, damn it. I tried to search within Twitter and it didn't, it didn't work. Well, meditate, let's all just take a breath. Is that what I just did? Did you hear that? I took a really big inhale because I was frustrated and I'm starting to sweat and now my dog's barking. All right, let me finish this dumb story. Wow, that was brutal. Um, hold on, I gotta ask Google. Google can find stuff. 
Hodgman, H-O-D-G-E-M-A-N, Hodgman, Trump, not tweet. Let's see. It's got to come up. Somebody on the internet has categorized this. Um... Oh, I don't feel like scrolling through this. Woo! It's just coming up with stuff about Trump and John Hodgman. Oh, Jesus. Ah. There it is again. Another light, nice, long breath. The body knows to meditate instead of... Fuck. Fuck. That was so dumb. The last four minutes of this podcast were about as successful as my show the other day. That's what this comes down to. All right, so the story, back to the story, and then I got to go. Um, my wife put all these dishes in the sink, and I, I was like b- bitterly walking past them for a day or two. I was like, she'll do them eventually, she'll do them eventually. And then we had this kind of like Mexican stalemate, Mexican standoff, um, where, you know, I fi- I finally cracked. I was like, all right, I, got, I just got to wash these dishes. It was driving me nuts. So I'm like, oh, I hate it when they're all stacked up in the sink like this. So I, uh, I, I mean, I got like a spaghetti dish over here and a stack of bowls over here and a wooden spoon over here. I'm like, how do I tackle this? This is a lot going on. Like, this is a pretty epic sink full. And this is exact. This is exactly why I don't like that we load stuff up in the sink. And I'm like getting a little frustrated about, okay, just one thing at a time. Just, you know, the way to move a mountain is a pebble at a time, right? So I, I, I grabbed the first thing. Oh, okay. So put that away. Of course, the dishwasher was clean, which was why the, you know, we, there was a pile up of dirty just dishes. So first I had to empty the clean dishwasher and I'm already like, okay, this is turning into quite a chore, but let's go. You can do this. You can do this. Um, and then I, uh, I just start grabbing things off the, and I'm like, you know, some of these things are like caked on now and all gross and like the coffee grounds mixed with like salsa mixed with water is like all over the place and spaghetti sauce from the day before. The other thing that my wife is really, really willing to do is just throw food in the sink because there's a trash compactor. And I'm like, I don't do that. I don't like putting my like lemon wedges or lime wedges or, you know, the kids leftover broccoli. I'll spoon that into the trash. And she's like, oh, well, you just dump it down here and you rinse it down. You run the, the dishwasher garbage disposal, not the dishwasher, but the, the sink garbage disposal and it all goes away. I'm like, okay, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Um, so, I mean, I just, I have to pull something off the top of the pile and kind of give it a rinse and set it aside. And now basically my strategy is, is kind of like, all right, well, I'll put away what, what looks clean enough that I don't need to pre scrub it because now all this stuff is like a day and a half old. And, uh, and then I'm like looking for my scrubber and I'm like, where's the little scrubber brush, right? We've got this little white brush with bristles on it and it's good for scrubbing off your dishes before you put them in the sink so that your dishwasher doesn't end up all sandy and gritty from from food particles right you do the little pre-clean and uh, i couldn't find the brush and i was like oh great isn't that fucking great so there's no brush around well lo and behold you know uh 45 seconds later after digging through the rest of the sink i, I oh i finally found the brush the brush was there sitting in like some you know two-day-old water in a bowl somewhere i was like oh that's lovely so i pulled the brush out and it's got some gunk on it i was like what is this gunk and, uh, and I, I, I look at it and I was like, that doesn't look like food. And I kind of pick at it. It was wax from a candle 
that is over our sink, not like over it, but you know, on the counter right in front of the sink. And when somehow a bunch of wax had dripped down into the dishes. So there's wax that has now dried on a bunch of the dishes. So already I'm like, oh, well, look at that. Isn't that lovely? Now they're even dirtier than they would be if they were just out on the counter. Somehow when somebody was blowing out a candle, it was probably me. So I've got a little bit of uh, blame here myself. But somehow when we blew out the candle, we dumped some of the wax out onto these dishes. So a bunch of the dishes have wax on it. My little brush has wax on it. So I like pick it off with my, you know, with a knife. And now like everything's a chore now. It's not just like rinse and dry and put away and good to go. Now it's like chisel the wax off. And then, uh, and then the other gross thing too is like since all the dishes had accumulated and we obviously hadn't used the garbage disposal in a while, like the water was kind of backed up and I was like, oh, this is gross. So you got to run the disposal to let it run out. And I, I flip the disposal on and I hear like, you know, that sound where you know that something is down there that's not supposed to be like a spoon or, or something. So, you know, and then I'm like, oh, Jesus. So now I've got to stick my hand in this, you know, two day old gross food water and uh, I pull out from my garbage disposal a glue stick, a children's arts and craft glue stick. And I was like, what is going on here? This is just, and then it started becoming funny to me because I was like, this is so ridiculous. This is such a great case in point of why you just stack the dishes off to the side on the counter and you leave the sink area open to actually clean stuff. It's not a storage spot for when you're going to clean it later because then you have to take it out to have any room to clean anything later. So, uh, so yeah, the kid's glue stick had fallen into the garbage disposal and now it's all mangled because I had run the garbage disposal for, you know, five seconds while it was, oh, it was probably like a second and a half because I could hear it, you know, and, uh, and I pulled that out and I was like, oh, lovely. So, so I was able to run the garbage disposal. The water drains out. I ended up doing all the dishes. It's not a big deal, but I was just like, that was, that was an epic, epic dishwashing, uh, session. And just, uh, it was one of those things where you live with people and I mean, it got, I, I love being a family man. There's no, there's nothing better, but, um, there's certain things where you're just like, can't you see, can't you see? And sometimes they won't see because you deal with the pain of the situation and you see that it's worse, uh, worse than it would have been if, if she, if she had just stacked the dishes off to the side. So, um, I don't know. That's just a, a little kind of grumpy story to wrap up the podcast. I got to get off to my PTO board meeting and, um, yeah. Um, calm, celebrate, ask, leave it and meditate. That's going to be my little mantra for uh, for the week. I'm going to try to see how that feels. And I'll be back at it with some, uh, hopefully, some progress between now and next week on the musical front. Um, and, uh, yeah, go check out that show. I got the streaming uh, link up on my Facebook page. Um, go check it out. I think the show was actually pretty cool. Um and uh, even if there weren't many people to enjoy it in real time, uh, you can go enjoy it after the fact for free. So, uh, all right, that, that's uh, the podcast for today. And I'll check in with you guys another time. Adios.
Says, won't say no, but no. 